greetings and salutations. I hope everyone is well. This one's going to be shot from the hip. It's Monday. I'm sitting in my car in front of a mall, I think. Yeah, I'll be damned. This is actually a mall. Um, I had written something about the reading today. It's from Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 through 30. Go ahead and read it. I'm going to be paraphrasing it through like I like to. And originally when I wrote this, I was talking, you know, I, I talked a little bit about the, I don't know, I'm going to call them dumb burdens that we force on ourselves. Work and all the stresses and everything that wear us out. And then something happened. And I read this again. And I saw more. I saw something that I usually don't hear people talking about. And it's something that's pretty dear to my heart. And that is getting back to the very, I'm going to use a scary word, fundamental ideas, ideologies, and liturgy of the church. Because the more and more that I have expressed my views and the more and more I talk to people, the more I see, the more I understand how much superfluous stuff weighs us down and drags us down. I mean, even when I'm doing sermons like this one for this podcast, Jesus Ducking Christ, I realize that I follow a form. It's called homiletics. And I use the science of God, theology. And I use all these other extra big fancy words to describe everything and to contemplate everything and, you know, keep with the doctrine, keep with everything else. And although it's easy for me because it's not a burden, it's something that I was raised with and grew up with and it's permeate, permeate, you know, it's bad when actually someone reads an essay from high school and says, wow, you wrote this in a homiletic style. Anyway, that's two minutes and 30 seconds of complete BS. Just bleh. Because I'm going to shoot this one from the hip. So I'm sorry. But you know what? It's because Jesus said something. He said, thank you, God. Because what you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants, for such was your gracious will. It sent me to contemplation. What is it that kids see that adults don't? What is this big thing? I have a yawn. Jesus, help me. Huh. What is it? What are we not seeing that kids can? Well, I got to tell you, I got a few kids. In fact, I got four of them from 23 to 6. Love them to pieces. The youngest two are my stepchildren. Not that I really see them as stepchildren, but that's by the point. I'm just weird like that. But God has hidden these things. From the wise and the intelligent, and reveal them to infants. And as I was sitting at church yesterday, I was watching my wife 
try and get the kids into pew aerobics. Stand up, sit down, kneel, up, down, up, down, left, right, A, B, A, B. Oh, wait, that's, that's contra. Anyway, you get the point. It's, you know, the pew aerobics. You got to stand when you sing. Oh, you got to cross yourself right there. Oh, don't worry. We'll talk about what it means later. Oh, you have to do this. Oh, you have to do that. Oh, shh. Listen to the stories. Oh, hear that? We're going to say half the psalm, and the person up there is going to say the other half, and that's the way we're going to do it this week. And all the extras, and all the extras, and all the extras. And I'm watching these kids totally disinterested in church. And I know that my oldest stepchild, we shall call her Little Miss, and we'll call the six-year-old young master. Little Miss liked the, listening to the story. She didn't quite understand them because, you know, who does at nine years old? Hell, I'm a grown-up. Sometimes I'm just looking at a reading from the Old Testament going, what the f But I realized that she can see God. Without all the dancing. She has her faith. Without all the superfluous stuff. She knows the service. She's working her way into learning the Nicene Creed. And you know. The prayer of confession and everything else. She understands the structure. The structure is nice. It helps. It's a meditative really. It's like a meditation since I flubbed that word. We're sitting here. All the complicated things. This isn't even talking about like what I call the entrepreneurial churches where they have the lights and they have the the, the gospel, the, the band and the song leaders and everything else and they have this script that they follow and they have their little people out there that are ready to say the right thing at the right time and all the pretend and faux moments of spirit and stuff like that to try and sell Christ. We're not even talking about that. We're talking about this liturgical service that is contemplative, that forces you to contemplate. And sometimes you're just going through the roads and you pick up different parts of it. And she sits there and she watches as the rector of the church utters some little prayer after receiving the gifts of bread and wine. She asks, why isn't it already up there? Because extra. Why is he lifting up the bread and saying this prayer? Because extra. Why do they play the bells when certain words are mentioned? How do they know? Extra, because it's tradition. Why? Well, back in the Jewish world, when Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. There were a lot of rules. You couldn't walk more than a thousand feet on the Sabbath. 
He couldn't work. Hell, Jesus got yelled at for healing someone on the Sabbath. And then he made mention that, hey, if your oxen fell into the well, you drop everything, roll up your sleeves and pull that son of a bitch out. And people ask him by what authority he heals. and They couldn't answer him. We did that one last week. But the number said here, and the little kids from way back then looking up at Jesus might have been asking why. And he smiled at them and wanted to let them know that maybe all these rules aren't important for the faith. He says, all things have been handed over to me by my father and no one knows the son except for the father. No one knows the Father except for the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. See, I think maybe when the church became an instrument of the faith, they decided that all the extra rituals were important. Not for lifting up God and for praise, but for other reasons, maybe. I'm not sure. I can't say. To make them feel more important, maybe? I'm not sure. But Jesus said, Come to me, all of you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Follow Jesus, and these rules don't mean as much as they seem. You can be flexible. You can walk further on the Sabbath. You can work on the Sabbath. That's not important to your faith and your commitment to God. Take his yoke upon you. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's what Jesus does for us. We can learn from him and see how simple our relationship with God can be. It doesn't have to be a fight. It doesn't have to be a battle. We can live and love in God's grace and light without all the struggles, without all the pain and sacrifice we think we have to make. You don't need to tie a tie on Sunday to go to church. Come as you are. Just please wear pants. Eat what you're going to eat. Just brush, don't forget to brush your teeth because we want to be near you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We spend so much time worrying, don't we? So much time fighting and struggling against the stream to find some matter of faith, find some clingy little bit that serves it all up neatly. But instead, look at look at the music that we can find that lifts us. Despite whether it's secular or, you know, church bass, whether it's a hymn or a rock and roll song, it's holy because it helps us feel human. 
Because that's what it's all about, humanity and being part of it. The Jewish idea of sin is that any action that is inhumane and separates you from humanity is sinful. That is what sin is. And so Jesus did not want us to live a sinful life. But he didn't want all those rules to tell you what sin was. That is what's revealed to infants. Because what child has a prejudice? What child is part of some class war? What child understands a border? What child understands work and home balance? Yeah, such was God's gracious will. And that's what Jesus teaches us. And today, that's what he calls to us, is to learn from him. Take upon his yoke. For his yoke is easy, and his burden to us is light. You know, there's this man who I grew up listening to and understanding and being mentored by a little bit. His name was Father Mike Link. And granted, he's passed on because he was papyrus old when I met him. And you just can't survive that long. You got to die sometime. I think he was like nearly 90 when he finally passed, by the way. He would ramble on kind of like I've been rambling on today. I should probably like, I don't know, focus a little bit. Yeah. I want to leave you one last thought. A story that he told me, and then another story, maybe. Anyway, Mike Link, when he was a younger man, you know, back when we were still using clay tablets, he went into New Mexico for a conference or something, and when it was over, when Sunday morning came around, he felt the desire to go to church. And because he was his time off, he didn't necessarily want to throw on an album and do any of that stuff. So he found a little chapel at a convent. And he went and he expected just morning prayer. They did the readings. They did the prayers. And Mother Superior approached him and said, Hey, uh, our priest isn't coming today. Would you be willing to celebrate Mass for us? I noticed you've got a collar. And Father Mike said, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm, I'm Episcopalian. I'm not Roman Catholic. Now, in case you don't know, uh, we're not in full communion with the Roman Catholic Church. There's some issues. And granted, a lot of former Roman Catholics come and become Episcopalian priests and deacons and stuff like that. But, and sometimes some Episcopalians become Roman Catholic. However, in result being is an Episcopal priest is not supposed to celebrate a Roman Catholic Mass. But Mother Superior looked at Father Link and he, she said, Well, you know, one priest is as good as another. You're God's priest, and I don't think Jesus would care. Oh, I don't know whether he actually celebrated Mass for them. I think I would have, just because of my own predilection. 
I would have served that I, I, I feel every altar to God can be served by any priest. I feel like any home of God should be celebrated and hold all of us, Jew, Muslim, Christian. We're all brothers and sisters and siblings to the same God. It's just our rules, these heavy burdens that keep us separate. So maybe at the core, that's what it is. After all, there was this lady in New Mexico. She wrote into Reader's Digest and she told of a story when she was too busy to work for her daughter after her daughter asked. Her daughter said, well, I got some advice for you. See, when people tell me to do work, I don't listen to them. Then I don't have work to do. Real life might not work that way, but maybe it should. Just a little bit. Because there's never been a time in human history where we have honestly lived the stress-free lives. But we keep adding more and more stress to our lives, too. So maybe it's time to throw off all the extra rules. All the superfluous bullshit that children don't see. And live a simpler life. And listen to Jesus. As he comes and tells us to come to him. For we are weary, carrying our heavy burdens. And let him give us rest. I hope you find his yoke. And put it on, find it easy. And that his burden to us is much lighter. Just love each other. As Jesus has loved us. How simple is that? Take care. I love you all and I'll see you next week when I'll probably do a better job than I did today. Thank you for bearing with me if you're still listening. Have peace. God bless. Take care of each other, you fuckers. There are Jews in the world. There are Buddhists. There are Hindus and Mormons and then there are those that follow Mohammed's but I've never been one of them. So big, so absolutely huge. Do you think maybe he's compensating for something? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. What do we learn? I don't know, sir. I don't fucking know either. <laughs>